Well, hello there. Good afternoon or good evening for some of you, depending on who's watching. Welcome to the Igniting Financial Freedom podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to answer the question, what are the five factors that impact your credit score? I'm going to give you a few things to consider as you monitor and improve your credit score. And then I'm going to offer you a resource that will help you along the way. Stick around because we're going to cover the ways to help you ignite financial freedom. Welcome to the Igniting Financial Freedom Podcast, where I give you perspective as if I'm in your shoes so that you can remove the worry of money and create the life you want for you and your family. I'm your host, Clark Bradley. I've helped countless others reach their goals. Are you ready to join me as you pursue financial freedom? Welcome to episode 26 of the Igniting Financial Freedom podcast. Here we are. Today, I'm addressing the question, what are the five factors that impact your credit score? Now, there are five primary ways that your credit score can be impacted positively and negatively. Your credit score is basically your grade or your score of how you manage and handle debt and credit that might be issued to you either by means of a credit card or a student loan or a car loan or a mortgage. And eventually, at some point, it'd be best if you never got into any of that debt to begin with. But some people, myself included, have gotten into debt and have dug themselves back out of it. And so I have lived to tell the tale and come out the other end. And so part of this today is to help you navigate and to manage your credit score while you're continuing to pay the pay the debt off, but also to know that there are certain things that are very impactful and other things that aren't quite as impactful when it comes to your credit your credit score. So again, today I'm addressing the question, what are the five factors that impact your credit score? So number one, and the biggest weight associated with it is your payment history. So your payment history, by far, at 35% of an impact of your overall score, quite simply, just make your payments on time. It doesn't even have to be a large amount. It could be just the minimum payment of whatever is expected of you. Most credit cards have a minimum payment of about 2% of the balance. So if you have a $1,000 credit card, your payment could be $20 a month. It's not ideal to only pay $20, but if you're in a pinch and you have to only make a minimum payment, you can generally get out with a minimum of $20. Some of them have a minimum floor of, of you know, 30 or 40 or 50, but it's generally 2%. So make that minimum payment at the very least. Please make that minimum payment. Another pro tip would be set up your card, set up your loan, set up your car, set up your student loan, set up your mortgage, whatever it is, to have a minimum automatic payment. So your minimum payment, such as the one I mentioned, $20 a month, set it up on auto pay. You can always make an extra payment. You know, I would, I would do the extra payment a day or two or maybe three or five, whatever, within a week of your payment date, right after your payment date. So you made your payment on the payment date and then boom, you send another $100, you send another $50, or you just send it in all at once if you want. That way it doesn't mess with the timing of the payment schedule, Okay. So recently I had a some some clothes that I bought at a retailer that we don't use a card all that much anymore. And I charged I forget how much, probably like a hundred and 
fifty two hundred dollars worth of clothing. And I don't I don't buy a whole lot of clothes, but I went to this place and bought a bunch of clothes with the intent of returning some of it. Well, I I did that and I returned some of the clothing, but the charge on the card didn't go come off the card in time. So the the balance on the card, the retailer's card, was there, and the payment was still on it. And we don't use that card, so it, it registered as a late payment because I forgot about it. My wife forgot about it. We don't have it set up on an auto pay, right? So I'm not even following my own advice. Shame on me. What a putz. And so we got a late payment, and it's in my wife's name, and it dropped her credit score by 50 points. One 30-day late payment. So it's a big, it's a big deal, okay? So make your payments on time. Show these companies that you are responsible. And again, this has a 35% impact. Payment history uh, has a 35% impact on your credit score. It's huge. The next is called your credit utilization ratio. It's a mouthful. That's basically what you owe on a card versus how much credit limit you have. So if you have a $1,000 credit card and you owe $500 on it, your credit utilization is 50%. This has a 30% weight of how it impacts your credit score. So not do only just the individual ratios matter, but they look at the global ratios. So they take all of the credit available to you and they compare that to all of the debt that you owe. And that's your global or total utilization ratio. Now, ideally, in the example I gave, if you had $500 balance on a $1,000 credit card, that's actually not good. You want to keep that balance and that ratio below 30%, or in that case of a $1,000 credit limit, you want to keep that below a $300 balance, or better yet, just pay it off in full. But even if you do pay it off in full, you actually don't even want to charge more than $300 in a given month. Don't rack it all the way up and then rack it all the way down. When I was in banking and personal finance, I would have people come in and say, I I don't know. I don't understand. I use my card a ton. I rack it all the way up to the balance, the, the limit, and then I pay it all off every month. And it's like, well, they see you that as a higher risk because they see you going right up to the limit and then backing off and right up to the limit and backing off. It's like you're, 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 you're toying with them or playing with them. So use 30% or less credit utilization across everything. If you have one main card that you have a majority of a balance on, focus on that one and then keep your right, your ratios down below that 30% mark. And that will help improve your score. Again, that's 30% weight, the credit utilization ratio. The next one is your overall, just your overall credit history. So it depends on how your credit history got started. Sometimes there's department store uh, cards that might be easier to get. Sometimes there's cards through a credit union that um, might be easier to get. That's actually how I started. I got a credit card when I opened my bank account, when I moved away to college. And I wish I didn't do that because that was the beginning of a very long train of poor financial decisions with opening credit cards and overspending and all of that junk. So be it. That's why I'm here talking to you now. So you maybe don't make that same mistake of spending junk, spending money on junk in college that you can't afford on beer and going out to eat and whatever else. (laughs) So. Credit history. Maybe you have somebody who is willing to be a co-signer for you. I'm not in love with that idea. But if you've 
already made a couple of attempts to get some credit cards in your name only, and you have not been successful, you could do that. There are also types of cards that are called secured credit cards, where in the interest of improving or starting your credit history, you put down an equivalent amount of, a, of an amount of credit that they would basically give to you. So you put a $300 secure amount down, and then that company would give you a $300 a credit card with a $300 limit. Really, really with the sole purpose of just improving your credit history. Because if you already had the $300 in hand, why bother using the credit card? It's not for points or perks or any other advantage. It's just to get your credit score improved. And it's just to get things moving. Maybe you've come out of a bankruptcy and you're trying to build your score. Maybe you are just building your credit and you want to improve it. Maybe you're approaching or coming up on, you know, you're going to be needing a car. You know, you're going to be needing a mortgage and you're going to need to borrow money for both of those for the house purchase or for the car purchase. You're going to have to start improving that score rather quickly. So that might be a strategy, secured credit cards. Okay. Again, credit history, that's a 15% weight of your overall score. If you have old cards out there, maybe your first credit card that you've ever had, don't close it. Keep it open. That is a, that is a testament to your credit history that has definitely on your side, unless it's got some crazy um, annual fee, like some of these Amex cards have multiple hundreds of dollars for an annual fee. If it's one of those, you can close it. But if it's another one with no annual fee and you've had it forever, keep it open. Zero out the balance if you don't want to use it, but keep it open. That way, the history still records on your credit history, on your score itself, and it still contributes to your score. You can cut the card up. You you don't even have to keep the card with you, but just don't call the company and close the card. Keep the card open and active. Okay. So the last, the fifth contributing factor is what they call credit mix. What that means to you is basically how many different types of debt that you have, whether that's a credit card or a car loan or a student loan. And you may have very well got those in that order, probably a car loan first. And then like me, went away to college, got a credit card, then some student loans tacked on top of that. And then finally a mortgage. And here I am shaking the dust off the other side still. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, the fourth one, excuse me, credit mix. That's 10% of your overall weight. So if you have a credit card, or you have two credit cards, or you have three credit cards, and you're wondering why your credit history isn't improving to the level or to the depth of what you were thought it was going to do, maybe it's because you don't have enough types of credit cards. Or excuse me, you don't have enough types of debt. I'm not saying that you should go out and get some student loans and, and con- consider pursuing grad school when you wouldn't have otherwise. But that's something to think about. Different types and multiple types of credit. It's 10%. Not a huge factor. So I wouldn't encourage you to go get a car and borrow money when you wouldn't have otherwise in order to improve your credit score. To me, that's backwards thinking. Because you're, you're, you're borrowing to improve your borrower rate credit score, your debt ratio, as Dave Ramsey would say, your debt score in order to what? Then be in a better position to borrow money in the future again when you just borrow more money in order to do so. It just seems backwards to me. So I wouldn't worry too much about that one. This last one, number five, is new applications for debt or any any inquiries or pulls, if you will, on your credit history or your credit score. So when you go for a new car loan 
you're about to buy a new car, you want to apply for credit and financing with their in-house financing, or they use a local bank, whatever you want to use your local bank or credit union, they're going to pull your credit. That's considered a hard pull, an application for new credit, in this case, a car loan, or you apply for a Discover card or a Capital One card or a Chase card or a Amex or whatever. Those are all considered new applications for future or for new, well, sorry, for new and increased amount of credit. Different from what they call a soft pull, which would be like you're applying for an apartment or maybe a job interview. They do background checks and credit polls. Or maybe you have utilities in this new apartment that you're getting switched into your name. Or you're applying for certain types of insurances. Right? Life insurance might pull your credit to see how how risky you are, how negligent you are with some of your bills. And they see that as a way to <laughs> kind of maybe translate how negligent you might be in other areas of life. Just saying, they do it. They try to build a case and paint a picture about who you are as a person. Just saying, it happens. So a soft pull, that's not going to hurt your score, but they're going to peek and see what's what's the story behind the story on your credit history to try and get an idea of just looking at you as, a, as an applicant on a page on a computer screen. They don't know you, so they just see you as a number. Okay, Not, not trying to be offensive, but that's just how it works for everybody, me included. But that's considered a soft pull. It's not an. It's not you. App. It's not you actively going out for new credit for an application for new credit. It's it's somebody else in response to you, either generally putting something in your name or basically like taking on some level of responsibility, and somebody else saying, "Okay, we got to verify this person is you know not crazy," in in so many words, and has some level of financial, you know, responsibility that they can handle what they're about to take on. Okay, so let's recap these. Number one, and most weighted, heavily weighted, is your payment history, making your payments on time, setting up a minimum auto pay, right? That's 35% of your of your weight of your score. Number two is your credit utilization ratio, 30% weight, and also try to keep your debt to available credit under that 30% mark for the best case scenario. Number three is your credit history, 15% weight keeping your oldest accounts open. And if you have to, maybe consider a secured card or a co-signer on a card to get your feet wet and get things rolling in the beginning. Number four is your credit mix, having multiple types or different types of debt, not just a credit card or a student loan, but multiple types. And the fifth one is new applications or inquiries on your credit report. So hard inquiries like for new credit, like a car loan or a credit card or a student loan or a mortgage or a soft pull, like some type of verification for, uh, like I said, maybe an apartment in your name or utilities and things like that. So that is what I've got right now. If all of this is a little bit confusing and you're working on fine-tuning and improving your credit, I'd be happy to walk through this with you. Go to, oh, check this out. I forgot I had this on this feature here. Check this out. If you're watching live, boom ignitingfinancialfreedom.com slash coaching. If you're on the podcast, you're just watching my face right now. Get super psyched because I put a little tab thing on here. It's like it's a little caption and it says, claim your complimentary 30-minute strategy session. It's super cool. So I just put it up there. Boom. There it is. So if you're watching without audio, you know what I'm talking about because you see the caption. Yes. Okay. So ignitingfinancialfreedom.com slash coaching. Go get your 30-minute strategy call. I've been able to talk with some people recently 
about a number of things. In particular, credit score improvements and credit score management among multiple facets of personal finance. This is certainly one I get quite a few questions on, and it's important. It is. It's, it's, you have to play with fire in certain instances to get through certain phases. Eventually, you get to a point where you don't have to use any of this stuff. But to get through it, in the maybe in the initial startup period, or if you are just getting rolling, you got to do what you got to do. So there it is. Ignitingfinancialfreedom.com slash coaching. In the quick win for today, it's a site that I use quite regularly to monitor my own credit history, credit activity, and all of that. It's called Credit Karma. Credit, just like it sounds, and Karma with a K. And that is an amazing resource. Hold on. I'm going to log in because I want to talk about one thing on there. So you sign up. It is a free service. The way it's free is that they give you promotions. They give you ads. They put things in front of your face that are credit related. It's either applications or enticing offers for credit cards or for a refinance or for an auto loan or for whatever. So I've got a lot of stuff on this site. I would say take that with a grain of salt and be very careful because that's how they get it free, right? They, they, they get a... They are incentivized, let's say, Discover, the card that's showing up right on my profile right now, Discover card. They're incentivized and Discover pays Credit Karma to show you that offer. And then if I take that offer, Credit Karma gets a little bit of a, of a little loving on the back end from Discover for showing that ad to me. They get a, they get a affiliate link. They get an affiliate boop, bump, right? So that's okay. In the sense that it gives me access to my credit report and it gives me access to my history to verify all of the details of my my score. What I also love about it is that under here, under overview, you go to score details. I know you can't see this, but you go to score details and it breaks down your payment history, what you can do and what you might be able to do to improve that. Your credit card usage ratio, any derogatory marks like late payments, how old your credit is how many accounts you might have, how many inquiries you have. Hmm. Do these five or six areas sound strikingly familiar to the content of this podcast? Imagine that. So they give you these areas to help you understand, okay, this is a red flag for me because I had a 30 day late last year. And now I need to be like nose, you know, dialed into making sure I don't get any late payments on my, on my credit history. And they will tell you that and they'll help you improve and give you strategies to do so. Okay, so that is Credit Karma. Check it out. Again, free service. Beware of some of the offers. I would not take any of them. Truthfully, I have never taken any of them. I uh, I use the service for free. If you were considering maybe a refinance of an auto loan or mortgage, I might consider that. Or if you're looking at replacing an existing credit card that's lousy with a better one, that's fine. But I wouldn't just go get another bunch of new credit cards and rack up a bunch of future debt. That's definitely not good. Okay, so stay tuned. I will have additional episodes where I'm going to take on your biggest questions related to money. That is all from me. I will catch you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Igniting Financial Freedom Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to see future episodes. Go ahead and give it a rating and review so I can help more people ignite their financial freedom. And I wish you good fortune. I'll see you next time.